0: Hey, it's kimberly from full-time families and happy mother's day from your road school moms tonight we'll be discussing the abcs of choosing a curriculum for your road school and announcing the winner of our annual mother's day essay contest this year's mother's day contest was sponsored by harvest hosts a unique membership program that connects rvers with free camping at wineries and farms across the country full-time Families members receive an exclusive discount on annual memberships to harvest hosts For more information or to find the promo code, log into the members-only section of FullTimeFamilies.com. After a brief word from our sponsor, the show will begin, and I'll be back a little later to announce the winner. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Time for Learning is a fully customizable, fully scalable online homeschool curriculum. With features like automated reporting, adjustable grade levels, and award-winning service, Time for Learning helps customize a curriculum to meet your individual child's needs. From pre-K to 12th grade, you can give your children the tools to work independently, study confidently, and excel in the safety and comfort of their own home, even if it's on wheels. Instill a can-do attitude towards learning in your child. Time for Learning combines the technology kids love with the education they need to make learning fun. Visit TimeForLearning.com today and enter promo code ROADSCHOOLER to begin your free trial.
2: Hello and welcome to another edition of um, Road School Moms Live. I'm one of your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino, full-time road schooling mom to four, co-founder of Full-Time Families and owner of Three Dogs, who will <laughs> intimately interrupt the broadcast. On the line with me tonight is Mary Beth Dot, the road trip teacher. You there, Mary
1: Beth?
0: Hey, Casey, I am
1: here. How are you tonight? I'm Coming to you, we're coming to you live from central Illinois. Ooh,
2: Sweet. how nice. Where
1: in the, where, where are in the world are you tonight?
2: Well, I am in a suburb of Denver, not the same one you and I spent time in together two weeks ago, but um, uh, uh, in the Aurora area, getting ready to
1: trick-or-treat in one of the 11 best locations in the country. Getting, I'm sorry, you cut out. So tell me that again, getting ready to trick-or-treat where? in one of the 11 best locations in the country. How
2: cool is that? Yeah, who knew the Denver top 11
1: in the country? That's pretty cool. That's awesome. I haven't seen that list. That's amazing. Well, I have to tell you that I'm missing you in the Denver area and all the cool things that we got to see a couple of weeks ago. It seems like it's been a lot longer than two weeks.
2: I know. That was fun. Um, I don't think our listeners know that um, – two weeks ago not, so you did the show we did the show together and then you stayed a little longer and we were able to do a road school field trip with a bunch of FDA families to the Denver Mint and that was a lot of fun
1: I, I guess that I was after our last show that was an amazing amazing time it was probably one of our favorite things that we've done while in that area actually yeah and then
2: um since then uh you went back to indiana illinois and we moved further south in the denver metro area and you know my kids just came back tonight the three older kids went to florida to visit their grandparents uh for eight days and they just came back tonight so uh adding the three extra kids the new found chaos to my life of eight days that was nice and quiet We're also in the midst of having a birthday party tonight for um, one of our loyal listeners, Christy Smith. Her son Stanton turned nine, and we were having a birthday party minutes before the broadcast.
1: Awesome. Well, happy birthday, Stanton. We've seen that earlier, and I think I sent a message through Facebook to him. It's amazing to have birthdays on the road. That's one of our most favorite times for a while. Um it was a, the talk in our rig was, oh, have you had a birthday in the rig? You know, it was all about who got to have the first birthday on the road and, um, you know, so all of that. I have to tell you that when we left the Denver area, we went east, as you know, and we traveled along the I-80. And I have to tell you, we're, we've got um, my road school 101 crews working on some videos they were working on this afternoon. I can't wait to see them um when they're all done we stopped at some really amazing places along the I80 in the state of Nebraska. Um and I know you and I talked about this you haven't spent any time in Nebraska and I have spent no time um formally in Nebraska. I've always just passed through there. I've never taken the time to stop anywhere. It was always on the way to or from somewhere. And I have to tell you that we spent almost a week just kind of rabbit trailing along the I80 and we had so much fun and we got to see um so many cool things and Learned a lot of history, and my kids are still writing about it in their journals. Well, that's wonderful. I know specifically you went to um museum about the Pony Express, right? We did. We actually stopped at the Pony Express Station Museum, which was in Gothenburg, um, Nebraska, and it is actually one of the stations, of the many stations, actually, that existed back in the 1860s um, when the, the uh, Pony Express was alive. Um, the actual building that the museum is in, um is actually part of the original station. It's not in the exact location that it was um back in the day, but it is the original part of the original building that existed about 10 miles from there. Most Pony Express stations, um we learned on our road trip to learning, um was along the river, rivers basically and and things like, you know, places like that that had natural resources. Um mm. That was one place that we stopped in Gothenburg. We also stopped at the Firefighter Museum along I-80. We stopped at the Sod House Museum along I-80. We stopped at the Military Vehicle Museum. And then the other place that we stopped that was a favorite of all of ours was the Great Platte Historical Monument. If you've ever driven across the I-80 in Nebraska, then you've probably seen it and wondered what it was. It looks like kind of a, a walkway that goes over the highway. It's really cool. Um, And when we went in, I'll have to tell you, it was a little pricey. Um, There was an admission charge, and we went in. I kind of hem-hawed around, and we all looked at each other. And then I remembered how many times that we wanted to stop there, and we couldn't. So I went ahead and bit the bullet, so to speak, and we went ahead and paid the admission. And I have to tell you that it was well worth it. Um, It was totally interactive. What it it was, um, you go up into this monument that that spans the, the whole highway across the I-80, and um, the Mm -hmm. highway goes underneath of this monument, and there are interactive, um, I don't know really how to explain it, scenes, if you will, that are um, like, uh, it depicts different time periods along the Oregon Trail, and as you, when you check in, after you pay your ticket price and you go up an escalator to go up, they give you headphones. And I'll tell you that when my kids got handed the headphones, they looked at me like, oh, gosh, this is going to be one of those monotonous blah, blah, blah. But it was far from that. The very first thing you done when you walked in and there was um, lightning in the sky and there was a covered wagon, and it it was the voices of two people that told us a short four-minute story about that particular time period, and as you walked through the um, the figure the figures that were in it and of course were not real but the figures um, you know their mouths moved as you heard things in the headphones and at one point it talked about the buffalo that existed back then the great the great herds of buffalo and all the things they were used for and there was a huge screen and the buffalo came running at you and you I mean you really did feel like you were there it was very interactive and um, it kept the attention of all of our road schoolers from ages five to thirteen. Um, I was a little concerned when we went in. I didn't think, you know, that my youngest one would stay with us, but she did. It was just, it was a great experience, and they learned a lot about the Oregon Trail in a short amount of time, um, something that I think will definitely stick with them. So I'm excited to get our videos done and put on our Road Trip Teacher YouTube channel this week, I'm just talking about the different things, because if, you, if uh, you're traveling along the I-80, take a couple days to do um, some of those fun things through there, because it really is a lot of historical information but it's portrayed and um and given in a in a way that's very interesting oh i was muted i guess <laughs> i was just there thinking <laughs> i'm so glad i can hear you I was just trying to think of what I was going to talk about until you dialed back in.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I was muted. I must have hit the mute button in my cheek. I said, um, I'd love to see a blog post about that, and then I took your silence as a message.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a message that I'm not doing the blog post. I'm shoving it off onto the, my road school one-on-one crew to do. Not really. We, I actually, we are work, I will. I am working on a blog post. I'm waiting on my kiddos to get their short little videos done. That we're going to attach to that because I really think you have to see a few of the pictures just to understand. I'll tell you that um, probably one of the most, I mean, besides that Great Platte Historical Monument, that was really cool. But um, my kids were really excited about the Pony Express. And I don't know if you, to- if we- you and I talked about this, but, um, you know, it's all about interpretation. You talk about things right with your kids and and have you know these expectations and and things that happen in their mind and um just a short little story so we went through that pony express station a lot of times and never stopped and so this time we we actually got there late at night we got a hotel room because we were actually traveling without the rig on those few days and the next morning we were going to the pony express station so when we right before we went to sleep tori says i just can't wait to see the ponies tomorrow and I just immediately yeah, thought, immediately oh, my gosh, like I've totally left her out of the loop. I mean, the other kids had talked about it. Tyler had actually done some research on it. Tanner had Googled it that day while we were traveling. We had talked about it, but I had never really thought about, you know, to our younger set what it really meant. And so, oh, my goodness, that was just a big. was uh, that was that was a big part of the beginning of it, trying to get, everyone to understand what the pony express really was but interestingly did you know that the pony express only existed for 18 months i did not know that i did not know that at all there's a lot of interesting information so needless to say if you are wondering what to do in your road school this week google the pony express and um and really there's just a lot of information out there that you can read about it's just very interesting very very interesting And watch roadtripteacher.com because we'll be uh, releasing some information on that probably about Thursday of this week. Very cool. I will be looking for that. Uh,
2: Well, my road school week was really super slow because, as I mentioned before, three of my four were out of town. So it was like a spring break or maybe a winter break, I don't know, for us. And I just uh, focused on DJ, and um, I had big hopes to do all sorts of – extra learning with DJ, And then I thought, you know what? I just want to enjoy this week with him. I'm not even going to do any of that. So um, we just uh, worked together on, uh, well, we're really good at Subway, Surfer for him and I. And we're getting really good at Temple <laughs> Run. <laughs> and I've watched every Paw Patrol there is. And he went on a, we went on a bunch of field trips because it was super easy just to throw one kid in the truck and go. And it was super easy just to go to um, dinner. And, you know, it's so ironic that as a mom of four, as we both are, you really don't appreciate having less until you have more, right?
1: Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Like when I
2: had just one, I mean, I sat and watched him breathe every day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I had two and I couldn't watch him breathe, but I would split my time between watching each of them breathe. And then I had four and I just pray that they breathe every day and
1: uh, that is so my true that that is so true that is so funny and you know really i know that you know and different families handle it differently and i'm not saying one way is right or more right than the other but i know there are some people that they schedule time they schedule one-on-one time and they schedule these kid dates with it and i, I mean i don't know about you but i just i have hard enough time trying to just keep myself straight so i don't really schedule anything like that i do try to carve out time one-on-one whether it's just you know, a short story with someone or just sit down on a rock outside next to each other and talk about their day or whatever. Um but I think it is important to have some one on one time with each of your kids every so often because you forget you know, they, they act a certain way amongst themselves and in a group and even at your family unit. Um but you know it's easy to for to forget their individual personalities and um it's a great way to connect I think. Even if it's just it a short is. amount of time. And you know you bring up a good point, especially when
2: we live 24-7 together um, like we do, it's really um, easy to overlook that they still need that one-on-one time because we spend so much time as a family. Um, but they do still need that. And like you said, I am not good about scheduling it, and and I just catch as catch can with carving it out. Like, if I have to go, you know, run an errand, I will take one kid with me, and i usually take them to ice cream during the errands, and,
1: you know, we'll have time to chat and stuff like that.
2: Um, But
1: that's pretty much what we could do. I can tell you that, um, interesting, that kind of puts me in for fast forward um, to talk a little bit about, I know we've got some things scheduled for next week already, but um, I'm working, we're working on a little project for the month of November, and it has to do with Thanksgiving and being thankful and gratitude and all of that. Um, but our listeners should mark their calendars next week because Road Trip Teacher will be bringing a new product that's digital, and we're going to give them for, away free to all of our Road School Moms listeners next Sunday night. And it's going to give you a great way to connect with your family at the end of every day and talk about thankfulness. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're excited. we Ooh, did I love that. Last, yeah, last couple of days. We'll be excited about it. I'm looking forward to actually doing it with my own, with my own kids. So I hope you will, too. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Oh, that sounds like fun. I'm looking forward to next week and that. um, This week we are talking about uh, curriculum. And um, I, for one, when I decided that I was going to homeschool, which uh, coincided with the fact that I was going to full time RV, I went and Googled, you know, homeschool curriculums. And oh my gosh, was I overwhelmed completely overwhelmed and so what i found myself using was hooked on phonics for reading and you have to remember my kids when we started homeschooling were seven six and three um so i really didn't worry too much about tonya and dj three and zero um I felt like we would have enough life experience for them to learn from for a while and i really focused on the boys and i wanted um reading mathematics uh, history, science—I had a whole list of stuff that I wanted to homeschool on. So uh, I went online, and uh, I was really tempted to use one of those virtual schools. Have you ever done that, Marybeth?
1: I looked into it, and I yeah, I definitely looked into that. I can't think of the one K twelve or something was one of them that we looked at. Pretty hard, actually, when we started. It I never is tried hard. It,
2: um, so I did a lot of research, you know, I love to Google, 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 and I Googled all sorts of reviews, and I found out pretty quickly that K-12 was going to seriously cramp our style as a full-time traveling family. There were going to be a lot of deadlines. The deadlines were going to be on fixed time zones, and we were quickly moving to and from time zones, um, and there was going to be a lot of, um, uh Um, computer time, and I couldn't guarantee that we would be, you know, have connectivity on all the days that we needed it, and I thought this is really not a good fit for an RVing family who is RVing with the intent of not only supplementing the child's education, but really building the child's education around the travel. So, outland any virtual schooling. Now, that does not include um, time for learning or abcmouse.com, which I know you use in your house. And it's safe to say that both of those programs are like on-demand programs, right? You can use them when you want, and you can, you know, uh, take a break from them when you need to.
1: Absolutely. You can use as much of them as as you want, which we can talk about a little bit later. Um, But you're right. The virtual schools like K-12, and I can't think – there's another one I can't think of it right off the top of my head for some reason. Um, But I'll have to say anything that has a time – you know, where it has a time constraint or, you know, you have to be somewhere at a certain time, clearly, if you're, you know, if you're if you're full time, doesn't work. I mean, there's vir- it, t- virtually, virtually it's impossible. <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: Um,
2: and, I, you know, I feel that as new homeschooling moms, there's a lot of pressure on us, and we talk about this all the time, to um, kind of achieve in the same realm that our children's public and private school counterparts are achieving. But I think that so much of us take for granted how much people learn from being a part of it. We say it all the time. Oh, my child actually, you know, walked in Lewis and Clark's footsteps, and and your children went and checked out the entire Pony Express Museum, and we all went to the Denver Mint together and learned about, you know, currency and blah, blah, blah. Um, But yet there's still that – do you feel it too sometimes that, like, that doesn't really add up against
1: the curriculum? Well, I think, yeah, I definitely feel that pressure, and I think we all do. And I think whether you're a road schooler, you know, full-time family on the road, or you're a homeschooler in general, I think that you've all – you know, unless you've been doing it for a while and you've just, you know, built that confidence up, which I I can tell you that I feel – you know, with every month, with every year that we've been doing this, I feel a little more confident. Um, but I think you always feel that pressure. And let's be honest, um, I don't care what kind of a mom you are, there's certain things you, you always, you I mean, you have that guilt thing. You know, you think, oh, am I doing enough? I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing that right. And it all comes down to the pressure of, you know, around you. Um, I mean, you just, you can't compare yourself to everyone else. I mean, it's just, it's part right. of the problem. In the beginning, I mean, you know, it just, it really is because there's no, and I, someone told me this not too long after I started homeschooling, and it really sunk in with me, and I've never forgotten it, and that was that no one knows your kid any better than you do as a mom. But, you know, and you've been teaching that, you've been their teacher since day one. You've taught them so many things before they were ever, you know, public school aged, you know. We've been a teacher Mm -hmm. from day one. And so, what you know, there—it's not like at a magic age that we become unqualified to teach our kids. Um, You know, that might be a very—that's a really, really good
2: point. That is a really good point. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to get back to what works for me. So what didn't work right away was this sound phonics. It worked fine for Dominic, um, but Blaze absolutely hated it. He'd crumple himself into a ball when I brought out the books. Uh, he wouldn't, you know, say the syllables. He wouldn't sound out the words. He hated it. And I have a little bit of a mental block. If you give me a challenge, then I'm going to keep, keep going full steam ahead. And sometimes I forget to say, wait, let's put on the brakes and let's find something that he actually likes. You know?
0: <laughs> For some
2: reason, that's not my go-to, um, uh, what's apparent to me all the time. But finally, I did learn my lesson, and I said, wait, I, can, I think I can find something that he likes. So I Googled um, curriculum for Asperger's children. And although it was not created specifically for Asperger's children, there were enough posts suggesting that Aspie children um, seemed to respond well to this curriculum, and it was called five in a row. And it was based on children's literature um, classics like Madeline and uh, I can't remember them all. But uh, 30 children's classics books. And then from that, you pulled out every subject. And so one day, um, you were doing the language arts and another day, you were maybe running a store if the character ran a store in the book. You ran your own store, and you were doing mathematics with it. And then another day you were doing some sort of physical, like, um, I don't know. It was it was fantastic. All of them, all four of them would sit in a circle, and I would read the story every day, and that's why it's called Five in a Row, because you read the same story every day for five days in a row, which is also, incidentally, why it appealed to Aspie children, because they like that kind of um, monotonous repetition and structure um and uh and then pull out the different subjects and and i think one was a thanksgiving book and we actually made apple pies it was it was fabulous they loved it so that was one of the curriculums that worked for me how about you what has what has worked for you Mary Beth?
1: Well, you know, one thing that I stumbled upon in the very early beginning um, was time for learning, as you talked about, and it's something that's really worked for us. Now, I'll tell you that we've used it differently um, since we started. Um, I found, and we, you know, I talked about this, I posted earlier the ABCs from the Road School Month, the ABCs of choosing a curriculum. Um, And and one of those things that I talk about in that post is that you have, you know, what works this year is not going to work next year. Sometimes what works this month is not going to work next month. Um, In the very early beginning I was so unsure of myself and just I needed some sort of a structure, some sort of a plan, some sort of a, you know, structure that I could see where we were going because I was so overwhelmed with all of the choices out there that I just couldn't figure it out. Um, since that time, we have we, we used we for learning and different ones of my kids use more of it than others. Um, but what we found, Life of Fred um, on the math end of it, two of my road schoolers really enjoy Life of Fred and they, they use it, they're, they're readers and Life of Fred is, um, you know, it's it's reading based. They forget that they're even doing math. Um, so that's something that's really worked for us. And we've done, last year we've done um, an Apologia Science um curriculum that we really enjoyed now we're not doing it this year not because we didn't like it we're not doing it this year because we're just kind of on a different path this year as you know we're kind of doing the interactive notebook thing we're relying on a lot of unit studies which is what road trip teachers all about um so we're you know never really done any box curriculum it wasn't something that i thought would ever work for me um we've kind of you know, as we've talked about before, we kind of rabbit trail along a path and at some point we find something that works and we just it doesn't work anymore.
2: So um tell our listeners who haven't who are maybe just tuning in for the first time, what is rabbit trailing?
1: Well rabbit trailing for us means that you might for instance, you might go to the Great Platte uh, historical monument like we did and learn in general about the Oregon Trail and then if one of my road schoolers will always find some small morsel of information that they find really really intriguing for instance you know you like we were talking about okay so the second the second scenario in the Great Platte Historical Monument was all about buffalo um and true to form, when we left there, one of my road schoolers was already writing about Buffalo and, you know, how long they have been in North America and how big they are and all the, you know, so basically what Rabbit Trail is, is you, it's um, when your road schooler, you know, takes a, a small tidbit of information out of what you've learned and decides to go down a learning path and then you have, a, have a, an interest in that, you know, that subject and they just want to learn more. And that you know, all that does is cultivate you know the knowledge and the curiosity to learn more about that subject. And as you know, that just you know, it's kind of a network, a network of learning, if you will. Exactly.
2: I love I love it. I think it's something that um, us as road schoolers and slash homeschoolers uh, really have the opportunity to take advantage of. We really can veer off when wherever we want in our studies. We don't have to just forge ahead and um, study something more in depth for a little while and then come back to it. We have talked about in the past, you and I, that now um, we're both using the story of our world. Yes. Um, I And story of the world is, is, to me, very similar as five in a row. It's a little more advanced, and it deals mostly with history rather than all subjects, but it comes with a workbook that gives you all sorts of great ideas for um, uh, in reinforcing what they've learned, and uh, so both of us are in, you know, early history. We're still dealing in in the BCs, um, and uh, my kids really are responding well to Story of the World.
1: Well, one thing I'll say about that, and I know you and I are just just starting down this trek. Um, I I think Bunny Ar- Arnold introduced you to story of the world i of course heard about it from you and it didn't take me two days to order my own copy just because i wanted that we wanted to do what the Travs were doing but one thing i will encourage our listeners to do especially our road schoolers because let's face it sometimes um you know during certain times of the year and winter's one of them um, or i mean i'm sorry the fall is one of them and sometime late spring you can kind of feel a little bit isolated there's certain times of the year where it seems more cyclical that you're with other families um Mm -hmm. and in the homeschool world, you know, there's um, there's programs such as Classical Conversations and there's co-ops and there's all these things where people meet regularly. And, you know, I don't know about you, but for us, I mean, clearly we can't, you know, I, I don't really want to follow a schedule. I kind of want to do my own thing. That's how we ended up out here on the road. Um, but one thing I do love and that you and I are, you know, starting to do, that doesn't mean, you know, that you can't um, – be involved in the same curriculum with another family or a couple of families, and there's all kinds of ways that you can work that out. Um, you know, once once a week you you do the same, you know, chapters, and then you can Skype or you can chat or you can create your own Facebook group that was closed. You know, there's all kinds of ways that you could share that information with other families on the road. And so that's one thing that I would encourage our listeners to do is if you, um, you know, if you've got a, a curriculum that works for you, um, you know, don't be afraid to share it um, in our Road School Moms group. And I know Kimberly would welcome that with full-time families, and I know I would in our Road Trip Teacher um, group. Share that with other Road School moms and find someone else that's using your same curriculum and build on that. You know, maybe at the first it's just, you know, us Road School moms talking about what works and what doesn't work and ideas for how we can share that. that can build into some sort of a, you know, kind of virtual, online, on-the-road co-op. Absolutely. I love that idea. And
2: you're right. There are some times in our travels that it's more isolating than other times. And that's a great time to turn around and, uh, um, you know, create something, create a group based on what your child's doing. And chances are good if you're struggling with something, then other people are struggling with it too. And if you found a way to, you know, really... Um, highlight or um, teach a certain topic, then that's great to share. All that stuff is – the more sharing we can get accomplished, the better for all our kids. Yep, absolutely. Um, I I want to talk about other curriculums that have worked for me. And uh, I wish I had a list of all the curriculums that didn't work for me. Unfortunately, the list would be too long, and I've blocked them out of my memory because really it was money and time wasted that I didn't want to think twice about. Um, but what has worked is uh, Saxon Math, which is math worksheets, worked for us for a really long time for self-guided math work. And um, they had that for Tonya's age, and they had that for the big boy's age, Um, and so I would just tear off two worksheets and put that with their homework to do, and off they went. So I really like Saxon Math. We do have Math UC. It's been sitting in my computer for weeks. and so far, I can't say I'm crazy about it. People raved and raved and raved about it. I sat down with Tonya. I got her um, level, the alpha level, and I mm-hmm. can't say I'm crazy about it.
1: Well, you know, one thing I'll say um, with that is to always go with your gut. And we've talked about this in all areas of road school. But, you know, if you – and that doesn't that doesn't mean to say that if it doesn't work the very first day that you should throw in the towel – But if your gut's telling you after several sessions that it's not the one, it's probably not the one.
2: You are so right. Don't
1: fight it. You are
2: absolutely right. I'm not going to fight it. Don't fight it. it
1: You know know what? It may work at a different time. The timing may just be off. Absolutely. That's true, too.
2: Um, Another thing that we do every day is a typing class for the kids, and that's also self-led, and that's uh, through a website called Fun2Type. So um, they log on to Fun2Type. To There's a bunch of typing games. They can pick whichever one they like. They set their timer for 30 minutes, and they do their typing. And I have seen marked, marked
1: improvements
2: um, since they started that.
1: Yeah, my kids have also used that since you, you introduced us to that about a month ago. I think I started them on that. And they actually, that was something they'd done while we were traveling to Denver not long ago. They um, used that several times, and it's now become a part of our daily road school. You know, wrong. do you that's have any writing? Do you have any writing curriculums or any writing um, that you've? I you,
2: don't think
1: you, you do, right? I do. I was just getting ready to say one thing that we've used the last um, two years. That's been very successful for me is um, it's a product from Evan Moore, um, and it's called Five Trait Writing Skills. And I actually got this from one of my teacher, uh, my one of my really good friends that's actually a teacher in the public school system, but it's something that she used in her 5th grade class. And basically what it's basically a workbook, but it's a 36 based around a 36 week um, you know, schedule. And what happens is you you work on a certain writing skill for 5 days. And so it's called 5-trait writing because every day for 5 days you Like the first day it introduced the schedule, whether let's say it's proofreading, for example. It introduced the proofreading marks. and then the second day you might, um, you know, read a paragraph that needs proofread, and then you use the marks, and then the next day you'll, um, you know, you build on that. Until the fifth day, it's always about writing a paragraph or writing a a letter or writing something. Um, On that fifth day, there's a, you know, there's a writing prompt of some sort. And it really hits home with my kiddos. Because, it, you know, it, it's like everything else we do, it starts out and it builds, 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 and then there's something, you know, for completion at the end. Um, and it's something that's independent. It's something they can do on their own. They know that they just, you know, at some point during the day, they need to get their writing notebook out and do that. And it's something that really worked well for us last year. So I ordered those right off of Amazon. Um, they were just And workbooks. tell me slowly what they're called again because I'm not hearing you. It's, made, it's a product called by Evan Moore, which is um, – mm-hmm. You know that's just a an educational yeah. you know, product, and it's called Five Trait Writing T R A I T, and I'll put the link on our chat. Okay. Five Great. Trait Writing. Uh-huh. Okay, because
2: while we're having the show, I am actually sitting here uh, populating the Pinterest board that goes with the show, and everything that we mention, I am including. So uh, you'll I will post the link to the Pinterest um, page also after uh, after the show's done. Great. Okay, five trait writing skills. Good. Very good. Um, Okay. You wrote this terrific post called the ABCs of choosing a road school curriculum.
0: And
2: um, do you want to start with your first A?
0: Hey, it's Kimberly again, breaking into the broadcast to thank our Season 10 sponsor Time for Learning. Remember, Road School Moms listeners, use promo code ROADSCHOOLER for a discount to Time for Learning. I'm also here to announce our 2017 Full-Time Families Mother's Day contest winner. Each year we receive hundreds of entries, and it's so hard to choose a single one. But our judges have conferred and selected Amelia Kearney's Acoustic Poem as our grand prize winner. Amelia says her mom, Anne, is... M, maternal. O, outdoorsy. T, teaching. H, hardworking. E, encouraging. And R, remarkable. Congrats, Amelia. You've won your mother a free year of Harvest Host Membership. Harvest Hosts is a unique membership program that connects RVers with free camping at wineries and farms across the country. Full-time families members receive an exclusive discount on annual memberships. For more information or to find the promo code, log in to the Members Only section of FullTimeFamilies.com. Thank you to all the kids who submitted entries. Look for an announcement article on full-time families with honorable mentions. Happy Mother's Day, and now our broadcast continues with Mary Beth's posts on the ABCs of choosing a curriculum. The first thing that, uh, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but the uh, Road School Moms' number
1: one tip for choosing a road school curriculum is, A, accept the fact that you will not and cannot create the perfect curriculum plan. What works for one student is not going to work for another, and what works one year may not work the next. Sometimes you just have to take the lesser two evils and make the best of a situation, and that is what we do all the time. Um, And, you know, road schooling is just a constant evolution of different styles of learning in different locations, and really that's what it makes it so amazing for me. Um, um, You know, that's really what it's all about, that it is never the same. It is always changing. It's ever, you know, it's it's ever changing.
2: Absolutely. That's so
1: true. And, you know, when i hit google that
2: very first time i was looking for the silver silver bullet of road school curriculums, and like you just said you have to accept that that doesn't exist and um i have found that what works for us is you know picking and choosing and what we finally decided we call eclectic road schooling and um so your b is blend independent and teacher led curriculum this will create time into your road school day for one on one with one student while another one works on his own and I love that you know um I'll post our um road school road schooling on the one on one video, which um we used to use before the children were really uh very good at being uh self led in their studies and this was a um magazine rack. It's a fabric magazine rack, and I filled each pocket with their work, and some work said that they needed me to do it, and some work said that they could do it all on their own, and when I had the three magazine racks right there in front of me, I would be able to visualize where they would need me, and I'd be able to stagger that work throughout their day, so I knew while one was working on their own stuff, another one was working with me, and if... For some reason, that one that was working with me needed extra time, then I could, you know, quickly look at the pockets again and say, okay, go to pocket five. That's another self-led while I still need to uh, finish this up with this last child. And so um, that was just a visual tool for all of us because once the kids were able to look down that entire, all those pockets, they knew exactly what the expectations were for them that day. And they knew what they could do on their own and what they needed to do with me.
1: Well, and, you know, aside from the fact that it just helps you not to be crazy because it does give you some sort of, you know, some sort of structure, like you're saying in the visual aid just to see, you know, who needs what and when, it also naturally helps all of your learners learn to work independently. I mean, clearly your 5- and 6 year old's is not going to work as independently as your 12-year-old, but, you know, it gives that natural progression and it teaches them, you know, to work independently and to be proud of it and that they can do things on their own. And, um, you know, it's just a natural progression.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, that's the goal of a lot of people. A lot of people come to us and say, my child doesn't work alone. And that is really one of the bigger goals of road schooling slash homeschooling because it's so easy, especially if you've only got one or two, to sit there and hold their hand the entire time. But I personally believe that's a great disservice that you're doing to your child because they need to be able to be struggling through some of it by themselves. You should be there as, you know, a guide, as the mentor, um, you know, as uh, someone who can answer questions, but you shouldn't be there, you know, every step of the way, dotting their I's and crossing their T's. Yep,
1: that's absolutely right. And that brings us to our next um, tip, which is uh, the C of our ABCs, which is consider. Consider your child's learning style. If he or she hates to read on an electronic device, chances are that the, your curriculum for that for that student should not be solely computer based. Workbooks or textbooks might be the way to go for part of their day to day studies. Um, and you know we've talked a lot about this. And if you don't know what kind of style your your learner is, there's lots of things that you can Google online. Our good friend Laura Hamilton um, is is. On the Learning Pathfinder, she is going to be um, unveiling this all-new program where she's going to be able to tell you what your road schooler, um, you know, their style of learning. But in the meantime, you know, you can really familiarize yourself with it by just googling those terms, you know, kinesthetic learner and um, a visual learner and all that. Um, If you don't know what kind of learner your, you know, your child is, then the best way to do that is just kind of sit down and talk to them. It didn't take me any time at all. When we first started, I, you know, I had this grand plan when we got in our rig. I thought everybody was going to have, everybody had an iPad and we had a couple of Kindles and we were going to download all this information and download all these books. And um, right out of the gate. My oldest one, who is my, who is my best reader. As, and I, when I say best, I don't mean the level, but I mean, he can really get involved in a book and won't put it down until it's finished. He loves to read. Um, He hates to read on a Kindle. He won't read on a Kindle. He does not want to read on an iPad. He wants to pick up a book that has tattered um, covers with dog-eared pages, and he wants to use a bookmark, a good old-fashioned bookmark, and he wants to hold it and smell it and touch it and feel it. That's how he likes to read. Um, So you've got to consider your child's learning style, and you really have to be open to the possibility that, Um, your teaching style may not be matched to your child's learning style. And that, Road School Moms, is definitely where you meet your match and you have to learn to be flexible.
2: You know, absolutely. In fact, uh, I understand this is ABCs, but this, I think, C is really where you should start and where a lot of us, you know, just gloss right over. We, as new homeschool slash Road School Moms, determine how we're going to teach And we forget to ask the question, how is my child going to learn? Because we know how we're going to teach. We are already in our heads. It's not as a parent how our children learn. In fact, it could very well be a mystery to you how your children learn, which is exactly why uh, Laura's Learning Pathfinder is such a godsend to homeschool and road school moms like ours um, because she has the ability to tell us how they learn and then to tailor our curriculum choices to how they learned. And I, I kind of did that when I Googled, um, you know, curriculums for an SB child. I had at least acknowledged that um, I needed to consider that in the curriculum. Um, so uh, it's, I think it's really where you need to start. And and one of the things you can do, like, like you said, is is look up the learning methods and kind of see what resonates with your child. So um uh a lot of young young children will be kinesthetic learners which means they have to they have to move in order to digest information and um that's fine just give them the tools they need based on that then and and a curriculum that fits
1: for them Yep you know, the other thing that I think, and I know we've talked about this and I know you do this as well, but I think that um, if you can recognize a subject or more than one subject, if you're lucky, that can be taught across all age groups in your household, you know, if you've got one more than one sco- road schooler, then that just makes your life a whole lot easier. And really there's so many benefits to it. Um, for us last year, Apologia, um we t- I talked about that a little bit earlier, it's a science curriculum. Um, but Apologia has different levels of workbook journals for the same subject notebook. Last year we done astronomy and there was a junior level notebook for my younger one and there was an older intermediate for my older ones. But we taught, I taught that across the board. So we would sit down, you know, once or twice a week, whatever it took to, you know, to get through that, that, you know, chapter for the week. And we'd read together and I, you know, we'd read it out loud. Um, One thing that I can tell you that I loved about doing it that way um, was that the older kids, you know, the older siblings learn to mentor the younger ones. Um, you know, and they'd read to each other, and they would work together. If someone couldn't find the answer, then someone else would help them find her. They would show them where they found it. Um, it was just a really good tool for us to to learn how to work together. And so this year we're doing that again um, with a couple of subjects. And, um, and, you know, we do family read-alouds, and I love that. Um, you know, that that's a good thing, too.
2: Absolutely, we do that too, and, and that's um, that's one of the best times of the day for us. That's one of the most enjoyable educational things that we do because it's just a quiet time, and I like to hear the questions they come up with, and I like to hear um, how they're digesting the information. So that's a yeah. that's a good thing to do.
1: Well, the best piece of advice that I think that we can give um, from our Road School Moms team here is for um, for our listeners and our road school moms out there to relax and, ba- you know, relax and enjoy your road school. Many times both you and I have found that when we let one of our kiddos take the lead um, in the learning adventure we have on the road, our road school becomes magic because it just happens on its own. You know, sometimes, like we talked about, sometimes it's a rabbit trail to learning something new. Other times it's just a whole new way of learning. And really many times it's just an education built on the foundation of the the basics that we've already learned. You know, it's just a foundation and building blocks. And, um, you know, it kind of builds itself. If you can just learn to relax just a little bit and, um, you know, see what happens. I think that's probably the best piece of advice that we can give. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I loved how you said
2: earlier in the um... – earlier in the broadcast that you uh every month you're getting more and more confident. and I, I feel that way too. I think if you listen to our earlier shows, Mary Beth and I were blisteringly honest about how sometimes we felt inadequate as road schooling moms. Um and maybe not up to the task of uh of um of uh, teaching our children, but I think through our three seasons and talking to all the experts that we have spoken to over the course of the time, like Mary Beth said, you are your child's first teacher, and in so many ways, you are your child's best teacher because you have their best interests in mind, and the more time you spend with them, the more you understand how they think, and um, you have the opportunity to really give them the best chance.
1: Yep, this is very well said and I'll just have to say that um I look back now at the last few years and I can say that it's the best time you know, the best time is now. I mean, I think I always think that, and I don't know if you think that, but I always think, oh, this is my favorite time with my kids, and then, you know, it won't be long and I'll think, oh, this is my favorite time, and I just, I don't know, I feel so blessed the last few years, and um, our, you know, our traveling lifestyle has led us to this way of road, you know, homeschooling on the road, and I absolutely love it, and I just, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I really wouldn't trade it for anything, and I so look forward um my first Tori, my youngest, is just now um kindergarten age, so and I haven't been able to start with one from the beginning um mm-hmm. my kids or my kiddos were first third, and fifth grade when we started on the road, and I had one that was you know a preschooler um but I'm so looking forward to you know to to lear- learning right along with her to teach her to read and you know just watching some of those things unfold and I know you're gonna be the same way with d j um you know i just it's it's a blessed lifestyle, and I absolutely love it, and I'm so grateful and, um, I don't know, just excited to share what happens in the rest of our road school this year. Absolutely. Well,
2: this has less to do with um, choosing a um, a curriculum and more to do with just uh, finding a serendipitous piece of curricula that I uh, found over the weekend at Goodwill, and it's called Treasure Hunts for Emerging Readers. And anyone who knows me knows that if you put the word treasure hunt on anything, I'm 100% in. I am all in (laughs) all the time. You could say treasure hunt for Uh, animal poop, and I'd be up that alley right away. uh, (laughs) So, treasure hunt for emerging readers. And what it is, is it's 50 treasure hunts. Um, Each page is a clue. There's four clues per treasure hunt. And like I said, 50 treasure hunts and um, you hide the clues around your house. So you hand the first clue. Let's like say say it's day one of your 50-day children. You hand the first clue to your child, and they have to read it, and the clue will tell them where the next clue is hidden. Um, and then you, you've obviously hidden the next clue where it should be, and they find that, and then they have to read it to move on to the next one. And so it starts out with um, a lot of pictures, and easy words, and by the 50th week, it's much, much more challenging. So uh, it's all laid out for you. It's a great little book. I'm looking for it right now to see if I can post it on our chat or um, or on our uh, Pinterest group, but it was
1: great fun. Do you ever look
2: for a curriculum at Goodwill?
1: You know, I haven't. That's a great idea, though. I am, um, yeah, I would have never really thought of it. I know there's a ton of places um, online that you can trade and buy and sell curriculums that I would have never thought of looking at Goodwill. That's an awesome uh, resource. Yes, they have always got tons of stuff. And,
2: you know, at Goodwill, I really – my kids can go all out. I can sit there at Goodwill and say, go to the books and pick any book you like. In fact, you can pick any two books you like because I know it's not going to cost me a fortune. If they wind up really not liking those books, there's no – I haven't really lost that much. Um, And they feel really empowered. So um, so Goodwill is a great place for us. And like you mentioned also, there are Facebook groups for um, swapping and trading curriculum. You can um, list used curriculum or look for used curriculum on eBay or on Craigslist. I know curriculum is very, very expensive um, sometimes so you might want to look there first. Or you can always go to Road School Moms. If you're looking for a particular curriculum or looking for reviews on curriculum, you might be our guest to post that there, what you're considering. Or even if you want to sell your um, gently used curriculum uh, to someone else in the group, go ahead and list it right
1: there. Well, that's a, a great way to connect with each other. I have to stand corrected. You know, the the, the first thing that you can do, to show your kids that um, you know, everybody can be wrong. It's not five trait writing, it's six trait writing. Everyone I'm so glad that. you <laughs>
2: said that because I think I pinned six trait writing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like a daily a five, five trait. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a daily six trait writing and I you know, I, I always say that because it because it takes five days and so I've just that's a mental block that I have. So yeah, it's six trait writing. And I just posted that on our chat. It's actually the grade six but they have that for every elementary grade. So Terrific. I feel
2: trusted. Terrific. And this book that I'm talking about with the treasure hunts is called Learn to Read Treasure Hunts, 50 Skill Building Games for uh, Emerging Readers.
1: I so, love that. i fully we'll really check that out. You know, that's one thing I'll have to say. Um, I think sometimes that, especially to a new road schooler or a new homeschooler for that matter, um, I think everyone has this false thing that um, – you know, that if, if learning's fun, you must not be learning. And I know that that's one thing that I kind of had to get over at the beginning. And now, you know, it's like, hey, you, you know, you there's lots of ways to learn. And, you know, just like this treasure hunt that you're talking about, um, you know, how fun is that? They don't even know they're learning half the time. You know, field trips that we do and then so, so much of the part of our road school, Um, you know, it's not really them feeling like that they're getting information crammed inside their brain. It's something more of a... Uh, slow seepage into the sponge, spongy part of their brain, at least for my guys.
2: You are so right about that, Marybeth. And that was one of the biggest challenges to my patients that I had to learn because not only can learning be fun, but really anything can be fun. And so there were days where I would ask them, you know, to put the laundry away. And so I would dump out the laundry and I would say make piles and uh, put the laundry away. If it's yours, put it away. If it's not yours, put it in that person's pile. And they would, you know, start a fight—not a—not a—not a bad fight, but like a laundry fight where they throw the laundry all over the house. And then they'd start other games where, you know, they—you'd get ten points if you got it in the right pile. And, I, you know, I would get angry <laughs> because I just need the job done. But really, it shouldn't matter if they, kids have the amazing ability to make anything fun, and therefore. Um, you should foster that, if at all possible, and I had to learn really just to walk away and let them have at it, and, you know, come back, and the stuff
1: was done. Well, and, you know, that doesn't mean that we don't, you know, both of us have discipline in our house, and that's, you know, I'm not, I I agree with you 110%, and that's not to say that we're, you know, um, saying that you should provoke undisciplined crazy chaos.
0: What we're saying (laughs) is,
1: You know, let you know you just if you learn to let it go a little bit, and I think I hate to say this out loud, but I think some of it does come with age. It does, it comes with age. You know, you just learn to pick your battles and, and look at your priorities. And you know, so what? If they want to throw stuff around like that, you know, it's good exercise. They're getting along, and um, you know, sorting laundry—that's sorting and patterns. And I mean, there's all kinds of things that can be gone from that. Aside from the fact that they're getting along exactly which is the most important effect. so and they're enjoying
2: themselves and so the next time I bring the laundry out it's not this uh, big oh mom says I have to do it this way they know they can make a game out of it and I will be cool with it but that really came with enormous amounts of maturity and patience on my end because I always learned that hard work was just that hard work and not supposed to be fun and like you said um employing fun into every aspect of our lives with children, and especially their education is really the best way to connect
1: with them. Well, I know for me the last, you know, I keep saying this, but for the last couple of years, I mean, it just, it has really given me the time to step back and just really look at my kids and think about what's important and what I really want them to take from, from, you know, their childhood and the things that I want them to to have a foundation of all the, the skills and the, You know, the things that I know is important and to instill faith in them and values and all that kind of stuff. Um, But really, you know, their innocence and the way that they look at things, um, we can learn a lot from them. And I know that I said this the other day about my youngest one. I, I mean, I hope she always keeps this raw Edgy personality that she has. I mean, to some people, she probably drives them crazy. I don't even care. I mean, she's so truthful and she says things just how they are, and it's just a, it's just fresh. It's just a fresh way, and I think you know, gosh, um, you know, they they're just the way, the way that we wrote school and the way that you wrote school and a lot of us, it, it just gives them a little bit better chance to show their individuality, you know, and to That's to really right. see things through their eyes, you know, instead of. Make sure you know, try to conform them into seeing things through our eyes. It really gives you the chance to see things through their eyes. And, um, you know, once again, like I said earlier, you can really learn as much from them as they're learning from you. Absolutely, absolutely. Well,
2: uh, I want to talk about a few things that are going on at full time families this week. Um, this week, we have our post um, about finding the sweet spot on the road for trick or treating and um, you can go and see our list. As I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, we happen to be in Denver, which is number 11 on the list. So I'm really excited to be in a sweet spot this this year. Um, And then we also give you in that post um, uh, tips on how to find a trick-or-treating neighborhood in your area because um, maybe your campground has got nothing going on, and you want to just take your kids to a local neighborhood, but you don't know where to start, we've got the tips in there on how to find that neighborhood.
0: And then
2: um, Rover, uh, Rover, Rambler, <laughs> our roaming retriever, who is the FTS mascot, who is uh, very much like a flat family that travels with fa- from family to family, uh, going across the country and having adventures with individual families, has left the nest, and he is uh, currently slow traveling to the FTF rally in Tampa. So uh, if you're going to the rally, you'll see him, and you might even be one of the families that gets to gets picked to travel with him from the Tampa rally. And so uh, he's on his way. He's traveling now with the Holt family. So that's what's going on at Full-Time Families. And we have added um, four more um Kid tax-free campgrounds. As uh, if if you're new to the broadcast or new to FTF, we are currently in the process of creating a directory of campgrounds that will waive any additional person's fee or kid tax fee for uh, card-carrying FTF members. So, um, if you are FTF member and you want to take advantage of that, there is a family-friendly campground listing that we are currently adding to um, weekly, and we added four more this week. So I think that brings our total of like 30 nationwide campgrounds. I know it's it's just a drop in the bucket, but it's really great. We've got really great momentum with this project, and I'm really excited to see what happens. Right now, we're focusing mainly on Florida campgrounds because we know a lot of our FTF families like to winter down there. Um, and soon coming online, we'll have some Arizona and South Carolina, uh, South Carolina, South California campgrounds as well for your wintering needs.
1: Well, and I have one. I haven't even talked to you about this yet, but I have a great contact for you just south of Dallas um, that we – well, it's a long story, but just know that there's a great Jellystone south of Dallas, and um, that information is coming to you soon. I hope you'll be able to add that to your directory. And I know I, for one, am so thankful to full-time families for the directory that's coming down the pike with these kid-free, tax-friendly parks. It's definitely something much needed. Yes, I'm.
2: I'm really excited about the timing of it all because I've noticed that, you know, large families on the road are suffering. And when we first started, it was very rare to find a a, a campground that charged a kid tax, which, you know, kid tax is a little bit of a misnomer. It's an additional person fee, which means that they charge for two. And if you have any other people in your camper, then you get charged additionally and be three, five, sometimes even $10 an additional person. And that was really rare when we started four years ago. And now it's uh, predominantly the way campgrounds are run. So uh,
1: I think this is a, a great time for us to have this directory. Yep, it is, absolutely. Well, this week at Road Trip Teacher, We are actually taking a little um, advantage of the holiday. We're doing some research on the Spanish holiday, Day of the Dead, and we're just going to use the holiday kind of as our theme this week. We've got a couple of fun art projects that we're going to share on our website this week that we've already done. And as as we told you, we're going to release some videos um, from our last week, and we've got a couple field trips scheduled this week that are kind of around the Halloween theme. And by Friday, we're going to have an album of the Road School 101 crew all of our last 14 years of Halloween. So I can't wait to share that with you. I know you and I talked about that a couple of weeks, so we decided to put that together and look at all of our past Halloween. So it was kind of a fun project for us as a family.
2: You know, I was thinking, after I saw your pictures, and I, I love them, I was thinking that maybe we should have, okay, one second. I have a, I have a toddler that needs to go to the bathroom uh, during the broadcast. But I was thinking maybe we should have a Road School Mom costume contest. And we can have that by having road school moms post the, their pictures of their children in uh, their Halloween costumes from this past week. So we could that's have an that awesome next idea. week. Yeah, that's
1: Isn't an awesome a idea. Time? We
2: could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's do it. We will call November fifth uh, our custom contest, our Halloween costume contest, and we'll we'll see all of your past Halloweens, and we'll see what other road schooling families are looking like this uh, spectacular. Halloween season. That sounds perfect.
1: Well, is this it for tonight? I know we're going to wrap it up.
2: I think so. I've got nothing else. You got
1: anything else? I don't other than all of our listeners to have a safe and wonderful week this week and enjoy the Halloween holiday if that's in your plans. And if not, that's okay too. Until then, have a blessed week and safe travels. This is Kimberly. And this is Mary Beth, your Road School Moms on the road where
2: education meets adventure. Until next time, we wish you safe travels and leave you with our traveler's prayer. Lord, be our guide and protector. Let those I encounter be blessed by my words. Let my hands be filled with your work, and may I be filled with your grace and kind words for others. May I be a light unto those around me on the journey ahead. Amen. Amen. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. If you'd like more information, go to roadschoolmoms.com.